0: Construction in the fields of bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind poisoning their brainwash mind. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the national community radio satellite. Listen. The Anarchist Wool This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are. Anarchist Wool This Week, yes, live. Broadcasting live. Now, next week... Is Tannum away and Maubour here today, the day i normally broadcast from the studios at 3CR in Melbourne. So that program will be pre-recorded. So if the earth comes to an end between the day I pre-record and the day the program is to be heard, you won't hear it, will you? Exactly. Now, if you wonder what Anarchy is all about, an anarchist Society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society. Based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power—that's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. So, if you want to be a real radical, like, uh, you know, you can join one of these religious fundamentalists organisations or uh, one of these fascist organisations. Well, they're all fascist. Some are religious fascists, and some are just old-fashioned authoritarian fascists. But you know, they're out there. If you want to join them. But if you want to change, you want real radical change. You like that? Real. Of course, it's all real. If you want radical change, you want to devolve power, redistribute wealth, this is the program for you, the Anarchist World this week. Now, what we're going to do today, and don't forget, the Anarchist World this week is broadcast courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Wonderful people who give people like me the opportunity to speak to you, and I can assure you... Over the last 37 years I've been broadcasting the anarchist world this week in its various guises. There's very few people who are willing to give me, Joseph Toscano, an opportunity to broadcast. So I'm always very thankful to the Folk at the Community Radio Network as well as the Folk at Community Radio 3CR where this program emanates from. And if during the course of the program, nature calls, you vomit, you've had enough, somebody knocks on the door, Wants to uh, want you to change your electricity plan. Asia raids the place. Don't despair. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast for a few weeks on 3cr.org.au. And uh, if you're bored and listless, send the podcast to your friends. Now let's start off. Look, repetition. Unfortunately, radicalism is about repetition. Because although the you know, when you're painting by numbers, the colours change. The actual grand design never changes. And the beauty of living in a uh, corporate capitalist society is the fact that the, although the grand design never changes, and the grand design is very simple, the grand design is, is simple, even, even I understand, and if I understand, it's got to be exceptionally simple. And the grand design is this. We live in a society which is dominated both economically and socially and culturally dominated by a small group of people whose major major issue is to create ever increasing profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social environmental and national costs. That's The name of the game. Everything else is peripheral to that game. Obviously, issues will come, issues will go. But that's the central element of the situation we find ourselves in. Although we live in a so-called democratic society, real power doesn't lie in Parliament. It continues to lie in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders. That's the name of the game. And during the last 40 years, during the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation revolution, didn't take me long to use those words today, did it? What's actually happened is that what we have seen is most of the gains which were made by reformist movements and revolutionary movements during the 20th century have dissipated, disappeared. And people like you and me are basically treated with derision in the society. But worse than that, we're actually considered to be criminals. And the Royal Commission of the Trade Unions highlights how legitimate political... Activity in this country Has been criminalised Because when you've got a small section Which dominates most aspects of society Including Parliament And what I mean about Parliament Is that they don't just go in with machine guns And say do this and do that Jump through this hoop It's not that crass It's very subtle The major political parties Know They know If they upset the octogenarian and his new wife, they know there is hell to pay. And even if they don't upset them, there is hell to pay. Because irrespective of the new technology, the daily social, political, cultural agenda continues to be set by those old-fashioned pieces of paper called newspapers print. Because television, radio, and the internet to a significant degree take what occurs in the print media as their basis for the national conversation for the day. So it doesn't matter what radio station you listen to, it doesn't matter what television station you go to, it doesn't matter what website, you know, um, political website you're looking at. You know, the, the agenda for the day is set by the print media because everybody else comments. So let's get back to this main game. So the main game is very simple. Power does not lie in Parliament. Ultimate political authority in a democratic society should rest in the hands of the people. Whether it's through direct democratic mechanisms, which is what anarchism is in a major uh, you know, pillar of anarchist thought, or whether it's through representation, ultimate political authority should rest in the hands of the people in a democratic society. It shouldn't rest in the hands of the state. It shouldn't rest in the gov- in the hands of the government of the day. It shouldn't rest in the hands of the corporate sector. It should rest, it shouldn't rest in the hands of the bureaucracy, it should rest in the hands of the people. Now on every available analytic concern, we do not live in a democratic society. We live in a society where we go through the motions of democracy, where most Australians think that democracy is casting a ballot every three to four years and electing a representative to make decisions for you for the next three to four years. And then you bitch and moan till the next election, and then you go through the same process again. Pretty soul-destroying. I mean, democracy is about people taking action. It's that simple. That's what democracy is about. It's about ensuring the will of the people is enacted in the laws of the country. So, how does it work? We've got the big picture. The big picture is very simple. So how does it work? Well, there's issues. And most issues tend to be peripheral, but the big picture never changes. For example, late last year and early this year, there was a big hullabaloo for about two hours about the fact that one-third of the fifteen hundred major corporations in this working, um, I mean um, trading in this country, I won't use the word work. Trading in this country paid no tax, and the majority of others paid almost voluntary taxation. I mean, we know that. Where were the riots, the protests? Where were they? Where was the discussion? I mean, every day you hear discussions about poverty. Interpersonal violence, homelessness, difficulty in accessing health care, issues regarding the uh, public education sector, the inability to create public infrastructure, the need to privatise what's left of the few public assets that are around, and the list goes on and on. Every day we have these discussions, but nobody says... If the corporate sector is not paying their way, how can we expect the rest of the country to raise the necessary resources to look after the needs of those Australians who have difficulty for a variety of reasons, some legitimate, some illegitimate, to look after themselves, hmm? you can have all the discussions in the world about new ways to tackle homelessness. You know, like setting up a ethical uh, real estate agency. You know, you can have all those discussions, but unless you actually increase public housing stock, not give public housing over to private organisations but actually increase public housing stock access to housing will always be an issue when housing becomes a commodity which is used to augment the fortunes of those who've got assets when you have laws in place which reward those who own more than one home and penalise those who have no home, don't have a home, you begin to understand that the problems we face are structural. Yeah? They're structural. I mean, I'm sick and tired of listening to CEOs you know, who say they work hard. Hmm? I wonder, working hard, I work hard. I'm, ne- I'm nearly 65 and I have worked hard. For almost 45 years. And I know many other people who've worked hard for decades. And the reward they get after that hard work is pauperism. While the investment class, the emerging investment class, the darlings of the corporate sector push a few buttons, make a few trades. And make a profit. And if they make a loss, they can always claim it as a tax deduction. I mean, one of the most extraordinary facts, and I'm diverging here, I'm sorry for diverging. One of the most extraordinary facts is the fact that the one million Australians who own a second home who legally minimise their tax through using the negative, negative gearing laws actually pay income tax on incomes that average between thirty dollars and $50,000 a year. So they can actually use Australia's investment-friendly taxation laws to minimise their taxes to such extent that they're actually making a minimal contribution to public welfare. And it gets worse when you get to the corporate sector, that 1% of Australians who own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. Now you may have heard that an old, that an old man, I think his name's Rupert something, I, I try not to remember these things, an octogenarian is marrying some former model or something. And I wonder how many Australians realise that this old man's um, fortune was actually made courtesy of the Australian parliament i mean in 2013 mr murdoch's news corporations his newsprint arm in australia was given an 886 million dollar tax refund and in 2014 news corporation paid no tax And it's not just News Corporation and 21st Century Fox, Murdoch's other arm, that's the issue. The issue is every corporation. And what they do is not illegal. It's totally legal. And it never changes. And it never changes because the power they are able to wield gives them the opportunity to create the climate which ensures that parliamentarians will never introduce legislation to parliament which will actually eat into their profits to ensure there is enough money for public education, public infrastructure, public housing, public health, and the list goes on and on. Now, look, I can talk till the cows come home this evening to be milked, Well, I can talk through wet concrete if you pour concrete over me because you're sick and tired of listening to me. But the issue is what are we going to do about it in 2016? Because it seems that Australia and Australians are mesmerised by peripheral issues. I'm not saying peripheral issues aren't important, but ultimately they are peripheral issues which you'll win and lose. So the Anarchist Institute is now involved in a number of activities. Some orthodox anarchist activities, some very unorthodox anarchist activities, where we are trying to raise the central issue of who wields power, how that power is wielded, how wealth is created, and how wealth is distributed. It's not good enough that we've got to congregate around the legs of the table where the big boys and girls are, you know, chomping away. And I don't care if they're boys or girls, gay or straight, black or white or yellow or pink, or if they come from Mars or Data, I don't particularly care what they do. If they're sitting on that corporate table, you know, I'm not going to sit under that table and wait for the... uh, you know, the crumbs to be brushed off the corporate table, which most Australians are quite happy to do. As long as you've got access to cheap credit, and in some cases through pay, day lenders, very expensive credit, you think you can put the day of reckoning in the past. Well, you can't put the day of reckoning in the past. So what are we going to do? Well, we've got two issues we're involved in. We don't control these activities. We are involved in these activities And we want other people to become involved in in these activities. One is a new campaign which has emerged from the Resist Murdoch's Minions Legislative Onslaught campaign, which has been going now for two years uh, in the city of Melbourne. And obviously the type of campaigns that we organise can be replicated across any city, any town, you know, even two houses in the middle of nowhere, it can be replicated across this country. And the campaign is, you know, the heading of the new campaign is "Pay your, you know, pay your way, corporate Australia." Very simple, pay your way, corporate Australia. Now, corporate Australia doesn't pay its way, not just by paying minimal taxation. They they don't pay their way by actually squeezing small business and all those small businesses out there and all those investors out there who somehow think all they've got to do is emulate the corporate model and they'll become rich and powerful and they need to think again because the corporate model is about squeezing the life out of any opposition, whether it's economic or political. So pay your way, Corporate Australia. And how are we going to do this? We're going to do this two ways. Is this an election year? We're going to do it through electoral politics and I will talk about that later on. And we're going to do it through direct action. I mean, I'm not the type of person who says, well, because we've done it this way for 500 years, you know, we're going to continue to do it this way for 500 years. If you beat your head against a brick wall, because the brick wall's in front of you, you've got three options. You, you know, you dig under the brick wall, you climb over the wall, or you are... Walk around the wall. You don't just keep bashing your head against the wall. And a lot of radical activists continue to bash their head against the wall because, you know, their predecessors bash their heads against the wall and if it's good enough for them, it's it's good enough for us. Well, it's not good enough for us. We need to be able to use strategies which impact on society and which influence those around us and which strike fear into the hearts of those who currently exercise power and I'm not talking about the fear that comes from violent action I'm talking about the real fear that comes when people get together and collectively and non-violently in their hundreds of thousands oppose what is happening that causes real fear. Because the fear which is caused by violent action soon dissipates. The fear that is caused by violent action can be used to destroy that movement. But the fear that is caused by hundreds of thousands of people being involved in non-violent civil disobedience where the only way the state or those in authority can defeat that movement is by them unleashing violence on us, is a real palpable fear, because that type of fear changes not only governments, it changes societies. It creates social revolutions. So how are we going to do this? Simple. Simple. Initially... On the first Friday of the month at 4.30pm, we are calling our supporters who want to see the corporate sector paying their way, who are sick and tired of seeing people in Social Security benefits being denigrated and marginalised, who are sick and tired of seeing trade union activists being criminalised, who are sick and tired of seeing people like you and me treated as disposable garbage who are sick and tired of working hard and never seeming to get out of the, you know, out of the deep hole they find themselves in. We are calling all those Australians. We are calling on wage earners, people who rely on wages to make a buck. We are calling on the marginalised. We are calling on the 33% of Australians on social security benefits. So we're calling on those 80% of Australians who are not part of the investment class, who are not part of the corporate class to join us? To highlight to those who currently wield power and to highlight to our politicians that it's about time they grew a backbone. I mean, invertebrates may have been all the rage when the first organisms crawled out of the sea, you know, hundreds of millions of years ago, but these days you need a backbone, you know, to overcome gravity. You need a backbone to overcome the gravity which is created by the corporate class and the investment class. So at 4.30pm, we will be meeting at Federation Square on the first Friday of the month. And the first Friday of the month will be the 5th of February. Friday, the 5th of February. And if you don't live in Melbourne, and you live in Udnadatta, or Robe, or Derby, or Harvey Bay, or Griffith, or Adelaide, or Sydney, or Canberra, or Darwin, or Catherine, or Alice Springs, or even if you live on the Nullarbor Plain, you know, in a service station, we encourage Australians on the first Friday of the month to conduct campaigns to gather together To highlight that enough is enough. To highlight that it is time that our politicians or their politicians pass legislation to ensure that corporate Australia pulls their weight. To ensure the Murdochs of the world, the 24 gold carrot leaners actually put some effort into ensuring that everybody in this country enjoys the Commonwealth. We do live in the Commonwealth of Australia. And at 5 p.m we'll be walking down to the Herald and Weekly Times building at 40 City Road in Melbourne. And if we need to cl- if the streets are clogged by the thousands of people which turn up well and good. Because the only thing the current government and opposition and the major political parties recognise is people getting together, working together, to highlight how angry they are at the situation we currently find themselves in. 25 million people, actually less than 25, 24.6, I think, million people, living in a continent who can't even take care of the needs of its own citizens, let alone open its doors to a few refugees. Let alone. I mean, it's extraordinary. There never seems to be enough money for public education, but if you go to a private school, there's always enough money for a second swimming pool. There never seems to be enough money to decrease the uh, waiting lists in the uh, public health sector, but if you go to a private hospital, if you've got the private health insurance, there always seems to be a bed in a week or two for that uh, semi-urgent operation, which you may have to wait two or three years for in the public sector. There never seems to be enough money to create a public road, but there is always, you know, the government's willing to uh, do whatever deal needs to be done in order to create another tollway. And the list goes on and on. And if we continue down the same path, it's not going to change. So this is a direct action thing. This is an election year. On the first Friday of the month, we encourage you to join us and if you can't join us we encourage you to form your own organisation simple platform pay your way corporate Australia very simple it's time that corporate welfare stopped because corporate welfare is the biggest greatest impost on every individual resident and citizen in this country. It is a huge impost, which nobody talks about. And nobody talks about it because, you know, why would a corporation talk about the fact that they don't pay tax or get a tax refund? Why would a corporation, which owns the means of communication, you know, uh, do that? Well, they're not going to. Why well, would you expect them to do that? I mean, if you've been waiting for the government to do something about it, if you've been waiting for the Greens or the Labor Party or you've been waiting for the courts or one of these organisations which have been set up by successive governments to look after interest to be to do something about that, they are, in, they are not in a position to challenge the corporate domination of every aspect of, of our existence, you and you alone are the person who is capable of raising that challenge because we need to remember we are the people we've been waiting for, we are the people we've been waiting for, you can wait till the cows come home and they're not going to come home tonight because they've all revolted, they don't want to be milked tonight, you know, they've all run free, you, know, you can wait till the cows come home or you can actually do something about it. So, look, I can come here for the next hundred years and talk crap or talk really, you know, incisive analysis. It doesn't really matter what I say at the end of the day. It means sweet F or. The only, only thing, action people and authorities recognise is when the mass of people organise to oppose what they are doing. While they can divide us on the basis of race or nationality or sexual preference or gender or religious beliefs. And we're there fighting amongst each other for those crumbs which have been brushed to the corporate table, nothing changes. So, think about it. We're starting in Melbourne, first Friday of the month, Friday the 5th of February, 4.30pm, Federation Square, marching to the Herald and Weekly Times building. Maybe in March we'll march somewhere else. There are a lot of 24-carat you know, are uh, leaners in the corporate world. And the beauty about having an action in the CBD is the fact that they've all got their offices in the CBD, their physical presence in the CBD. So who knows where we'll go in March and April and May and June and July and August, September, irrespective of the election result, we'll continue this, this action. Because if you want a decent public education system, if you want a decent public health system, System. If you want decent public housing or adequate public housing, enough public housing. If you want decent and adequate public infrastructure. If you want more publicly run utilities and you don't, or, the, or financial uh, sectors, you need to get involved. I mean, you can. You need to get involved now. Tens of thousands of people. I'm not talking about ten or twenty the usual, you know, a phone box minority, doing the best they can in difficult situation, but we're talking about this type of thing getting a life of its own and people congregating, highlighting, pushing to such an extent that we can no longer be ignored. And remember, the greatest gift you can give to the corporate-owned media, the greatest gift you can give to the government of the day, the greatest gift you can give to the Australia's corporations, which are you know are based in Australia, is violence. They're violent organisations. They feed on violence. What they can't handle, and they never will be able to handle, is non-violent civil disobedience, non-violent direct action, because then they have to remove the fist out of the velvet glove because ultimately their authority lies on their ability to unleash the police and the military and private security guards on you they either change radically and incorporate what we want or they need to use their domination of violence to impose their will on us. So remember that. Remember that non violent peaceful forceful direct action. All right, let's move to the other option. And there are options. There is always options. Never be told there's never any options in society. There are always options. The next option we're involved in and we are heavily involved in is the creation of a new political party called Public Interest Before Corporate Interests. Very simple. In the heading, Public Interests Before Corporate Interests, we highlight what we're about. What needs to be done to put public interests before corporate interests? What needs to be done to, you know, cut the bloody legs off the corporate table and ensure that everybody is on the same level? And we thought we would use a parliamentary pathway. So we are trying, and the key word is trying, to create a new political party. And to create a political party in this country, currently you need... 500 people in the Australian electoral roll and then you make an application, you go through the process and, hey presto, if you're lucky, you become a registered political party and you can actually stand candidates in elections. Hmm? Now, we're not stupid enough to think that if we get this party registered that we will be elected. It doesn't happen that way. Although, in Spain, over 20% of the people who were elected last month come for a political party, which is created out of thin air, which to a large degree reflects the sentiments which are expressed in public interest before corporate interests. Currently, we have about 260, 270 members. Sorry, I got it wrong. Currently, we have about 470 members. Now, many of the people we attract to public interest before corporate interest are people who are disillusioned with the political process and refuse to vote. And unfortunately, only about half of our 470 members are currently in the Australian electoral roll. So we need to keep, you know, working until we get 500 people on the Australian electoral roll in an attempt to get public interest before corporate interest registers political party before the next federal election. If we fail will work towards the next election in three years' time. But again, it's the idea is to actually use the electoral process to raise issues in a coherent manner which will never be raised in public debate if we leave it up to the corporate-owned media and the Government Guild at ABC to do their thing. It doesn't work that way. So if you want to join public interest before corporate interests, you can ring me on 0439 395 489 for an application form. You can go to the website, pipsi.net, P-I-B-C-I dot net, download your own application form, or you can write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. As I said, we've currently got about 470 members, and around half are on the Australian electoral roll. Now, we do have a few issues and it's, again, it's, you know, money. Isn't it tragic? So we are in the midst of doing a large number of mail-outs. And why mail-outs? Because half of our members are not on the are not even on, on the internet. That's the type of people we seem to attract. So we need some money for some mail-outs. So if you've got any dollar stamps, yes, stamps have gone up from 70 cents to a dollar. Can you imagine that? are looking for dollar stamps. You got any dollar stamps? Whack them in an envelope. Post them to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. We need to contact all those people who uh, we believe are not on the electoral roll and see whether they actually are on the electoral roll. And if not, whether they're interested in going on the electoral roll. These are current members. We need to send out newsletters because we don't want to leave anybody behind. Because unfortunately these days, if you're not on the internet, you don't exist. Well, public interest before corporate interest is a different type of organisation. And to continue to incorporate everybody in what we are doing, we need dollar stamps relatively urgent, urgently. So put them in an envelope, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. So you've got the parliamentary push And you've got the direct action push. We're using a combination of both tactics in order to raise what are the central issues. I mean, homelessness, as you know, is an issue. And getting in a home is an issue. And getting a loan is an issue. And paying that loan off over 30, 40 years is an issue. We know that. We all know that. In order to make housing more affordable, well, obviously, you need to look at all those legislation which has been passed that allows the investment class, that 15% of Australians who've got the disposable income income to be part of that investment class, you know, to enjoy life while the rest of us have to, you know, pitter-patter around. I mean, that's what it's about. You want to get rid of homelessness, you increase public housing. If there's not enough money for public housing, well, what you do is you look at different ways of raising money from the corporate sector. If the corporate sector is so smart that they don't pay taxation, and in Murdoch's case, get tax refunds of nearly a billion dollars, you know, then what you do is you introduce new legislation. You can introduce a stock market turnover tax. We've already made three or four billion dollars for the Australian population, one percent stock market turnover tax. Bingo. You can introduce a turnover tax. If your company turns over more than $2 million a year or a private individual turns over more than $2 billion a year, $2 million a year, 1% turnover tax. We've already got payroll. You know, People pay payroll tax for the number of people they employ. So why not a 1% tax? You can have a financial transaction tax and the list goes on and on. There are many ways. You don't need revolutionary change. You don't even need reform. All you need is some parliamentarians of a of, of backbone who can actually pass legislation to ensure that the corporate sector can't abrogate themselves of their responsibility and duty to the rest of society. I mean, their role is not just to employ people. Their role is much more. And they need to be regulated. They need to pull their weight. And if the parliamentarians are not willing to do it, and as I said, you don't need revolutionary change. You don't even need change to, you know, you just need introduction of a few more laws. Bang, bang, bang. Over and done with. The money comes in. More public housing. No homelessness. Bingo. Get rid of negative gearing laws. Fewer investors in the market. Property prices drop. Who gives a shit if the investors get burnt? The list goes on and on. But nobody's willing to do that, and that's why we've got, you know, we've got a political arm, direct action arm. It's up to you. Now, you may be happy the way you are. You may be totally happy the way things are, and if you're totally happy the way things are, fine. Bye bye. Go, go, you know, go and look after investments. Ta-ta. But if you're not happy the way things are, more importantly, you're not happy about the way things are going to be for your children and their children. Well, then, isn't it time you took action? Whether it's, you know, the minimal action of joining a new political party and getting involved in parliamentary politics or electoral politics, you know, for a few months of the year, or whether it's getting involved in uh, direct action if you don't like what's happening. I mean, you could organise your own actions. But again, you want change. It's not going to come by sitting in front of the TV. It's not going to come by click activism. You know, there's a new disease which I'd like to be registered on the disease register, and I call it Click Activism RSI. Click Activism Repetitive Strain Injury, you know, pushing those buttons a bit too often. Agree, agree, disagree, agree, disagree, bang, issues are, you know, solved. Well, they're not solved. All Click Activism does is give you... Intellectual RSI as well as physical RSI. Alright, let's move on. Now, obviously, we're also involved in other activities. Now, a big activity which will be occurring next week in the City of Melbourne is the Tanaminuai Morbohina Commemoration. This will be the 11th of the year we've been holding the commemoration. And the commemoration is held on the 20th of January. It marks the Execution of Tunaminua and Morbohina on the twentieth of january eighteen forty two for having the audacity to resist colonization. When the uh, when we first when eleven of us first gathered at the execution site at the corner of Bowen and uh, Franklin Street in Melbourne on the twentieth of january two thousand six, we put in place four there were four things we wanted to do. One was to hold a yearly commemoration to mark the event. I mean, because nowhere in this country are there memorials or commemorations dedicated to the frontier wars that existed when the British authorities invaded this land and brutally, methodically and systematically over a period of 100 years, attempted to eradicate from the face of the earth peoples who had lived on this continent and the islands surrounding this continent for over 40,000, possibly 60,000 years. So we wanted to hold a public commemoration to raise this issue of the frontier wars. Because people need to remember that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders have never ceded their sovereign rights over this land. We want to hold a public commemoration. And when we started these commemorations in 2006, it was at the height, at the very height, and again, aided and abetted by the Liberal National Party, aided and abetted by the Murdoch-owned media. It was at the height of the denial phase of our history. Because when the Marbo decision was carried out in 1992, I mean, everybody began to worry about their property rights. and And a decision was made to actually change, change the ha- Australian historical record, as if colonisation was a very pleasant process where people walked in, signed treaties, took everybody's land and went on, you know. Everything was whitewashed. So that's our first principle, is to hold that commemoration. This is the 11th year we've held that commemoration and we expect hundreds of people this year, if not thousands. Now, if you can't make the commemoration, it will be held next Wednesday at the corner of Bowen and Franklin Street in Melbourne. If you can't make the commemoration of midday, it will be broadcast live through Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne, 3CR uh, 855 on your AM dial. And if you can't pick up Community Radio 3CR, it'll go, uh, you, can, uh, you can go to 3cr.org.au and hear the ceremony live. We've got a number of, obviously, guest speakers, which you'll find out about on um, Monday. Sorry, next uh, Wednesday. And guest speakers go from about 12 to about 12.45. Then we have about 15, 20 minutes of people in the audience saying a few words. And then we walk... No, we don't march. We walk through the streets of Melbourne down to what we believe is the burial site of Tuna Minoway, and a number of other people at the Queen Victoria Market. So... School holidays, it is a totally non-violent event. It is a commemoration. We'd love to have you to bring your children along because these are the stories that need to be told and retold to younger generations. The second point we made is we wanted to highlight the injustice of what occurred on that day, and that's the second point we made. The third point, which will take a bigger organisation than the Tuna Minoway Moobohina organisation, is to kickstart the stalled reconciliation process between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. And the key word is stalled. I mean, there's no discussion about the government of the day entering into discussions with the 200 or so independent First People's nations which existed on this continent, the islands surrounding this continent, independent discussions with the survivors of those massacres, to enter into treaties. Now, even in the United States of America and Canada, various administrations have entered into treaties with various with different first Nation groups which gives them rights. So we want a reconciliation process based on justice, not charity, not, you know, smoothing the blanket of a dying race. And again, if you look at the public discourse in this country in 2016, which is what? 228 years after the colonisation pro- process began, there's no discussion about reconciliation, let alone alone Discussions about entering into treaties with people who've never ceded their sovereign rights. And the fourth thing we wanted to do, and it's taking a long time, is to see the establishment of a major monument in a Way, in the Melbourne CBD. And this point has almost become a reality, and we expect this year that monument will be built. And this will be the first major monument of the frontier wars anywhere in this country. You travel the length and breadth of this country and there are monuments galore to men and women who in the majority of cases have lost their lives fighting other people's wars in other people's countries. But across the length and breadth of this country, there are no gathering points. There are no memorials which highlight the sacrifices which were made, the ultimate sacrifice which were made by people who had lived continuously on this continent and the islands surrounding this continent for up to 60,000 years, protecting their lands, their culture, their families, their friends, their traditions, their laws, their languages. So what we will have been able to achieve, what the Bohina has been Committee has been able to achieve with the assistance of radical elements within the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community, and that's the key, radical elements, not those who want to work up the right channels, but radical elements is the establishment of such a monument. And you can do it in your part of Australia. And that's the lesson that can be taught during this process. This has been a long process. It's been going over a decade. And even in 2016, there are elements in Australian society who would love to see that this monument is not built, although we're 95% of the, the way there. Artists have been chosen, the money has been set aside, the land has been set aside, the design has been agreed on and the process will be beginning in 2016 and will finish before the end of the year. But this is a way, this is a mechanism which other people around the country can follow and it's a matter it of both Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians, both radicals and reformers, people who care, getting together, learning the local history, finding out what happened, bringing it to the attention of the public at large, organising campaigns which are both political, which are both electoral and direct action based, to ensure that never again will the history of colonisation be ignored? Because until we as a people can clearly and openly say what has occurred, acknowledge what has occurred, this country will never be able to move on. Because don't forget that six days after the Tanah Minnawea Hina commemoration We will be having celebrations across the country, celebrating the day the colonisation process began, Invasion Day. And there will be people everywhere, jumping up and down, telling us what a wonderful, 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 wonderful world we live in. Because it is a wonderful world when you close your eyes and you refuse to acknowledge what's happened before. It is a wonderful world. So... Here at the Annex Institute, we have a saying, reclaim the past to understand the present and change the future. So hopefully we'll see you at the Tanaminawea Moor and commemoration at midday on Wednesday the 20th of uh, January at the corner of Bowen and Franklin Street. If you can't make it, don't despair. The commemoration, the first hour of the commemoration, will be broadcast live on 3cr.org.au and broadcast live via the community via 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Okay, you can ring me on 0439 395 You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. Download what you like. Pretend it's yours. The calendar should be up there. Download the calendar. Uh, you can write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. And remember... If you don't want 2016 to be like 2015 and 2014 and 2013 and 1788, well, the ball's in your court. It's a good time to use a tennis analogy, isn't it, when the Australian Open is about to be held. So the ball's in your court. You can look at the ball go past you. You can uh, hit it back. So hit it back. Give Corporate Australia some indigestion. Get involved in activities, even if it's electoral activities. It doesn't, you know, just get involved. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Tune in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network next week. And don't forget, next week's program will be pre-recorded. So the end of the earth comes between the pre-record and when it's supposed to be on, nobody will ever hear it. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week. You want to access the podcast, go to 3cr.org.au. Thank you, Community Radio Network, for broadcasting the Anarchist World this week. Minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall This Week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up to date analysis of local, national, and international events